0: Chris Gamble here from the Digital Ramble, joined as always by JJ Cannon for episode 67.
1: 67 Gamble, oh my gosh, how fast has it gone? I mean, we do one of these almost every week. I mean, during the holiday seasons, I think we might have skipped one or two. But for the most part, we're out here every week trying to drop some knowledge bombs on how to improve our clients and how we actually do improve our clients' home technology environment.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's always been a challenge for us every week. We're trying to create content that's transferable to a homeowner. And that's tough for two guys that come from, you know, purely industry focused industry led over the years and consume content from our industry. And, you know, our industry's guilty of being very inward looking and we've tried with this show to be outward looking and approachable and share knowledge and transfer knowledge to the wider audience, whether you're a homeowner, a professional, another trades person, uh, or have a keen interest in, in home tech. So it is a challenge every week, but we rise to it. And we ex- we're excited every week when we tackle something because it expands our knowledge.
1: I love it. Gamble. I mean, this is going to be season 12, episode 67. So you want to be a home tech pro and we're really going to be pull- pulling the sheets that, unraveling the onion per se of where we came from where are our origins you know chris and i we've talked about the different experiences that we create but we're going to talk about we're going to go deep this might actually be a two-part series that we're going to be releasing and it's we're going to be talking about you know where are, are our roots how did we get into this business what are some of the changes that we've seen in the industry uh, as well as personally as business owners to get us to the point that we're at today
0: yeah and it it goes back many many years we've both been in this industry a long time JJ much longer than myself but it it wasn't this industry when we started and we'll, we'll talk about that you know this is a new industry, home tech pros, smart home professional, all these new buzz terms for what we do. It wasn't that in the beginning. Uh, And we'll talk about where it was in the beginning. But as always, if you want to catch up with any of the content that we've created over the years, the best place is our website, digitalrambleshow.com, or look on all the platforms where we host our videos and our podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, 11 different podcast platforms. And the content's there forever so we're really excited that you can access episode 1 or episode 66 if you want to catch up with what we did last week and last week was a awesome episode we got great views on both facebook and also great listens on the podcast again this week
1: yeah man it uh last week was a fantastic week it was season 12 episode 64 no well let's see where we're Six. we? 66 using technology during the lockdown yeah. my gosh man everybody's at home you know sitting around and they're really not sitting around they're being very very productive uh you know creating content uh working remotely. My kids, oh my goodness, they are actually thriving in their schoolwork because uh, to be honest, Gamble, I, I'm, I'm of the nature that can't be stationary in one place or I get a little stir crazy. And with our kids being able to, to be out of that, you know, institutional cage, you know, <laughs> per se, they can, they can work in a group environment, collaborate through the technology, and really, I've seen them thrive and enjoy their education. Something, something completely different. Uh, and I'm, I, I think it's a silver lining. I don't know how long it'll last. Maybe it might guide ed- our education into a different direction. Who, who knows what's, what's to come of it, but please tune in. If you didn't catch last week's episode uh, using technology during this lockdown, please, uh, please go ahead after this one and check it out.
0: Yeah. So, and also a big thank you to our Patreons. We appreciate that support still coming in at these, these uh, crazy times we're living in. So appreciate all the Patreons. And if you want to support the show for as little as a dollar a month, go to patreon.com and just search for the digital Ramble.
1: Yeah. And if you're wondering who are these two crazy guys, I'm JJ Cannon, CEO of Digital Delight here in the Houston, Texas area where we create incredible experiences through technology for homeowners as well as small commercial uh, applications. And I also have a master's degree in getting knocked down and getting back up.
0: Well, we're hoping to hear a lot more of that as well in this episode. <laughs> My name is Chris Gamble. I am the founder and co-owner of a business called Customized. We are a home technology installation business based in the east of england we cover all of that area which is a huge patch plus we do a lot of work in london as well and you can find out more about us really by following us on instagram at customized one
1: all right gamble you ready to get into this episode let's go all right let's do it you know gamble i started my bat business back in 1999 and uh That was a year after I got married, and my wife and I, we were living in Dallas, and I used to work in the club environment, but I was always, prior to that, I was very handy with, like, uh, technology. I was the kid that could set the VCR clock, and, uh, you know, a lot of people had challenges trying to figure out how to set that stinging clock. I was also the kid that you could hear coming down the road my grandma used to always say mijo i could hear you down at the light you know because i had one of those cars that you know had a large audio system and on the weekends i i loved taking out you know the seats and the carpet and running the wires and built the boxes and figuring out the ohm load and, and the power and the capacitors and all all the details of how to make a good car audio system my you know, the other thing that I think inspired me as a kid were, you know, my dad was an early adopter of camcorders and he bought this giant camcorder system that, that it was a two person rig. You know, he had to carry the camcorder and it had a long kind of XLR cable and like a microphone cable that went to this carrying case that held the battery and the recorder. And I was, I, I was his assistant uh, or his assistant and I got to lag behind him and carry that behind him, but man, just so much, so many memories, you know, doing that with my father, Uh, and I guess the other one was at church, I was, uh, uh, we, it was when PAs and sound systems and things like that were very, were starting to pop in the, in in the churches, and and churches started to invest in the quality of cameras and, and microphones and things of that nature, and so I volunteered at, at our church to, to work the board in the back to help uh amplify and mic up the the choir and the pianist and and i really got a a good feeling and and excitement about technology and connecting all that stuff together and i found found that whenever i started looking inward like what is something that i want to do you know as as an adult and i'm recently married uh i went to a little bit of community college but you know doing the full, full four six year plan just wasn't right for me and i started looking inward and reflecting on things that really made me excited inside and and i i uh, was looking through the paper one day and and came upon a company that actually installed satellite systems and that's pretty much my history of at least stumbling upon the industry accidentally because prior to that i didn't even know you could make money installing electronics especially in somebody's house and that's kind of like my build up to to what got me to the starting line gamble and how about yourself how did you get influenced or excited as a as a kiddo or you know where, where did you really start finding some inspiration and, and self-searching to get you where to the starting line per se
0: yeah i think i was always pretty pretty techie um enjoyed number crunching, maths, maths challenges, that kind of stuff at school, physics. But wasn't wasn't a techie, wasn't into building computers, wasn't into gaming, you know, as a as a kid it was sport, football, 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 athletics. And that that was what I spent most of my evenings doing after school. But I had a obviously an aptitude for for crunching numbers and just soaked up tech related stuff without even thinking about it too hard. Um, but I think when when I left school is when I started tuning into my technical abilities. So at first I had a job working as a civil engineer's technician, as a draftsman, so doing technical drawings. So very attention to detail, um, drawing up schematics for new bridges, road junctions. Uh, big drainage schemes for for projects in the, in the north of Scotland where I, where I was living, uh, where I grew up. And that probably would have been my career path. I was, may have been on that right now and, and become a civil engineer. Uh, but the business I joined let some staff go following a merger. And unfortunately, which I still think was a bit controversial, to let the, the apprentices go, but they let the, the, the younger people go in the business kept the experience and I found myself without a job and it wasn't that easy to find a job at the time so this was uh 99 because you know there's some synergy there you started your business in 99 I was found myself out of work in 1999 only 20 years old and I took a big plunge and, and joined the military joined the royal air force which was a big step for me Uh, to move away from family, friends to the other side of the country and do some basic training and then some technical training. And this is where my technical abilities flourished more, I think, is I was an electronics technician in the Royal Air Force and that specialized in uh, repair and installation and commissioning of communication equipment used in airfields, used in... uh, air traffic control used in communication situations that are needed in the military for either long distance or short distance communication and later during my career in the military I specialized in infrastructure like fiber optic cabling, data cabling, networks running hundreds of wires in a building and taking them back to a big rack and dealing with all the, the, the termination of the equipment and the the equipment that was needed at the desk, the PC, uh, the secure telephone and all this kind of stuff. So got a really good foundation and training in the military. It put my standards up quite high. Documentation's always been important to me. Um, And in 2008, I started customized. So I'd left the military then and was married and decided to start my own business, providing communication services to businesses, telephone, computer networks, security, access control. Um, but I started to see this new trend appearing, 08, 09, 2010. And it, I started tuning in more to what was going to be available in the home. And that's the direction I obviously take now and it was around about 2008-9 that I started to to focus more on what can I do in the home with the same skills what could I transfer to the home instead of being with everybody else in this melting pot of business service providers why don't I find a niche in the home
1: yeah you know we were up in Dallas and and that like and in Dallas I was working in the club environments and and decided you know I I was I was just married figured that wasn't the right place for me. Or, you know, if I was going to start a family, maybe I should look in a different area and happened upon a job for a guy that was installing satellite systems. And, and uh, so was hired on by him. And, and uh, we started, and, and this was when satellites, the small little dishes were just starting to come, come online. And they were the Sony dishes and I think uh, prime star Uh, was coming out and in the hood they called it crime star so (laughs) we were putting a lot of those putting a lot of those in and taking down these giant c-band dishes it it was kind of it was a lot of fun for a young kid i was 21 at the at that time and uh just learning something new and, and something exciting and and uh, I went home and and we were also installing a lot of uh, uh, Bose systems and in Dallas there was a...
0: Was it Digital Delight? Was that that the name of the company early on?
1: No, the, the company that was in Dallas. I don't remember the name of the company that I was working for up in Dallas but they were but they were also installing those uh, surround sound systems the one of the original lifestyle lifestyle systems back in the day and it also opened my understanding up that not only was there's opportunity in installing satellite dishes but also installing surround sound systems and um, We weren't originally from Dallas. We were from Houston, and I I moved up there for work, and I said, honey, you know what? I think we're, you know, I'm young enough. I think we could probably make a go at this on our own, so let's move back to Houston. Let's move in with with, uh, your parents or my parents. We lived with both whenever we were starting out, and uh, let's see if we can start a business and, and give it a go. And that's 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 what we did and so we packed and that, up.
0: Was, that was digital delight yeah yeah and so when it's we been, moved, this has been a long-running brand digital. yeah
1: yeah digital light brand has been out uh, gamble come june it'll be 21 years that, that we've been in business and it's always been digital delight from from the inception the only thing that has changed is the services that, that we have provided. And when I came into Houston, uh, I tried my hand at Satellite Dishes, and it was okay. But really where we flourished was relationship with Bose. And we found a fantastic manufacturer that had a lot of opportunity for uh, installing uh, surround sound systems. We also went out and hustled all the the radio shacks at the time, as well as satellite installation for uh, uh, satellite service providers, and they needed installation guys to go out that could do some good quality work for them. And so I hustled everybody that I could find to try to generate up enough work, because there wasn't the internet back then. There was not yeah, I mean, the cell phones were just now starting to, starting to come out as, as something that was available. And there was the internet, don't get me wrong, but nothing like, you know, what we have access today. And so we, we went out, uh, and hustled all those different opportunities, looked through the green sheets to see what kind of opportunities were there. And I was, uh, making bandit signs and bandit signs were these, uh, Uh, these signs and it had digital delight on there. The logo is completely different than what you see on the hat now. And uh, we would sit them in front of neighborhoods. So these new neighborhoods that people were driving in, you know, if you want surround sound, call JJ, or we'd find a telephone pole at a, at a stoplight and hammer up our bandit signs there (laughs) and hope kept our fingers crossed that they'd last, you know, two or three weeks before the city came by and ripped them down. And that's essentially how, We started our business and just off of pure hustle, pure sweat, pure getting out there, communicating with with people that, that didn't even know there was an industry that existed to help them with connecting their VCR because the VCRs were were still necessary, connecting uh, satellite dishes, uh, maximizing the connectivity of their stereo systems at the time. Uh, And then as they started seeing the value of having a, uh, you know, an automation integration guy, they started asking more questions of what else was there available. And as time And technology expanded and grew so was the ability of our business to expand and to grow into a lot of different offerings which which really started to come into to getting educated so I started out with you know kind of on the job training Mm -hmm. and uh, after getting on the job training and then finding uh, manufacturers and distributors I, I learned that That there was actually an an underground industry and it's still kind of underground
0: that what year what year are you talking now like so that was
1: 99 that's probably 05 06 and, and that actually was 05 that I stumbled upon kind of an underground industry of other people like myself and that organization was uh was Cedia and from there I I went on to Cedia and and started getting educated into other things and really my eyes started opening of other offerings that we could offer our clients and that was probably 05 06.
0: so going going back though that that 99 to 05 06, i can just imagine the the hassle the, the the hours that went in the, the the late nights working at the kitchen table uh you know plotting and planning the next steps and trust me this doesn't End. You never end the hustle. You might make it a little bit more refined, and you might look a bit more polished in your hustle. But if you're running a business, it's hustle hundred percent, twenty four seven.
1: Yeah, the graph and, the graph yeah. of hustle is kind of like yeah. And <laughs> it, it's sometimes.
0: it's it, once it gets a grip of you, it either takes a grip of you and chews you up and spits you out, or you you start to enjoy the hustle and buzz off the hustle, and that was what i felt you know my first few years of being self-employed my own boss running at the time the business was called customized home and office because we had like a dual offering of business services and home services but that i talked about focusing in on the home around 08 09 10 it came off the back of my wife and i um building our own house we did a full self-build completely hands-on i took six seven months away from work um and i was working for another business at the time but when the house was completed that was the day i started customized um but that house gave me this blank canvas to to run wires to, to pre, you know, future ready the home, start to investigate multi-room music, start to investigate distributing video around the house, starting to investigate home security options. Um, and I then discovered Cedia as well. About 2009, 10, I started to go deep into the training that they offered and got certification uh, and, was, and was very... Uh, highly supportive of what the organization was doing and it was invaluable to me as a new start to tap into their knowledge base because there there wasn't apart from the manufacturers and the suppliers to the industry there wasn't anything that was overarching there wasn't anything that was vendor neutral or or you know business owner friendly it was all about sell 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 you know here's the tech here's the tech i'm like well I'm not really interested in that. I've kind of, I know what I want to sell, but I want to learn more about running a business. So that's where CDA became a, an important part of the early years of customized.
1: Yeah, And CDA for those that don't know, and if you're interested in becoming a home technology professional, it might, CDIA might be something that you might be interested in, especially with uh, some of their different courses that they have to offer, but it's custom electronic design and installation association, which is the acronym or well, the acronym is cedia for for those words and and whenever i went to cedia uh i was taught by by a gentleman frank white and at the time i didn't realize how uh deep this guy runs and and he still is an intricate part in cedia but he certified me as a uh, as an integrator and the way that that he inspired people to want to be a part of the industry really, you know, poured water on this, on this young flower of a guy that really wanted to do some incredible things. And, and Frank uh, taught me about uh, RF distribution. He was actually the inventor of, you know, kind of the matrix for big commercial applications. So if you go into like a box store and they have televisions and they're all showing the, the same picture on all the tvs that that's frank white the box that makes that happen frank and his firm invented that prior to that there was no such a thing and uh, he was very inspiring and then i started meeting and and uh discussing with other integrators uh, over the years because i went back for years after years and you know uh getting educated Talking about going
0: to their trade show. Yeah. yeah going to the, the trade
1: show and their trade show is, is at the expo. Uh, and it, and it happens in different areas once a year, predominantly in September, uh, this year, it's going to be in Denver, Colorado, but it, it happens just all over the country, just depending. But back in those days, it, it was predominantly, uh, in Indianapolis, uh, where their headquarters was at the RCA dome. And, um, but was taking educational courses on on uh business and design and uh the wire management and and marketing and a pretty much they they were two day college crash courses on how to be a better business person but also it it allowed me to create a rolodex of people from around the world that if I ever had a question, I, I could pick up the phone and, and make a call. Now that Rolodex has expanded to, to video conferencing or emails or, you know, groups of people that we communicate with on a daily basis. But at that time of my career, it was very impactful, very necessary for, for the growth of what I was uh, trying to, to become. And you Know the industry back then, gamble was way different than it is today, and we'll, we'll get into that. So, but Cedia sounds like it was a pretty intricate part of your business growth as, as well. At one time,
0: um, I wouldn't say it was part of the growth, I think it it, it scratched a niche or it gave me uh, access to resources and, and other people that were doing what I did. Still felt very isolated where our business was, look, you know, the most northern business in our industry in the country. We were, the were,
1: were you in Scotland at that time? Or? Yeah,
0: so we were based in the highlands of Scotland, so in the far flung north of the country and, and we're the most northerly based home technology business in the industry. But, although our size was small and our, our, you know, our footprint of our business and its, its financial side was, was very very small, we started to make a lot of noise. As a business and myself, as a business owner, and that was because at the same time as all this was happening, social media started to become a big part of business and private life, and you know it just became part of society that you would have a Facebook profile and you would have um, a Twitter account and you would have a website and I loved at the time I still do you know it 's obvious I, I enjoy creating content and very prolific on social media, but that time. I was on hyperdrive on Twitter. Uh, Time,
1: time. You, you've got to tell the story gamble. It just didn't go from business all of a sudden to social media. Something happened during that time that, that caused you to really look in and understand social media. Like you, like you had to put a pause on business because something happened.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I had a, had an injury that I had to have an operation on. And the injury came when I was building the house. In fact, I, I damaged my, my foot, my left foot, and had to have an operation, which meant I couldn't walk around. I couldn't get about. So I was sofa bound, desk bound, sat out on the deck in on the on a sunny day, and with the laptop out, started to look at creating my company's first Twitter account. My company's started my first website and built it myself. Twitter just fascinated me the access to network with one hundred and forty characters with all these other people around the globe, not just people in our industry, but I could communicate with a celebrity or a movie director or a sports star or somebody in the town where we serviced with our services and and tell them about how we can walmart a TV or how we can um, you know install a telephone system for their business so. I thought, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to start to use social media as a way to storytell and document what, what we did as a business. So I would start to take images and I would post them at night and I didn't get the same impact that I hoped. I didn't get the impact I hoped. So I started doing them as I was working to catch to catch the, the moment. And I needed a hashtag to tag all these images so that people could find customized. So I thought, well, there's no point of being customized. It doesn't really conjure up anything. So I used hashtag live install. It's a live installation that you can see every day from our, from our company. And it could be as something as simple as Walmart mounting a TV. But I would break it up step by step. This is what it looks like before. This is the wires going in. This is the holes we needed to cut. This is the bracket fitted. This is the TV. This is the TV on the wall. This is it powered on. This is it handed over. This was $300, 300 pounds, whatever it was. And the reaction then was, was much better. You know, that instant gratification arrived early. Twitter was hot anyway. And we would get dozens and dozens of retweets, dozens of comments and, and engagement. But what we found was we were also getting a lot of engagement from the industry. The industry was watching what we were doing. And that industry reach went as far as USA, South Africa, Australia, Russia. You know, there was installers saying, can I use this hashtag? Can I be a hashtag live installer? I said, of course, like just storytell. Um, so it just it blew up for a period. Um, you know, it's not something that's relevant now, but it captured a moment and uh, put me up a few rungs up the ladder in terms of my personal branding and and it helped customized be uh, recognized more when we did go to industry gatherings and things like that. Our opinion was, was valid, validated and, and heard.
1: You know, Gamble, that is such an interesting story. And so there's so many things that whenever you first told me that story that, that I pulled out of it. And when we go into part two, we're going to explore upon that a little bit more um, and, and, and really kind of, dial into what you did because i really think that you still glossed over it but you and i both did something at that time differently but but the same and so we're going to really dive into that for these people that you know maybe want to be a home technology professional and so friends that's our episode for today i'm jj cannon ceo of digital delight and this is my good friend chris Gamble.
0: And if you want to be retro, go and hashtag live install now.
1: <laughs> and if you want to check out anything, you know, that we're doing in our day jobs for me, check out digital delight.com for gamble, check out custom, And you can see really what we're all about on our day jobs. All right, friends, until next time, if you don't know, find yourself a home tech pro.